and listeners and welcome to This Week in Interview, a special edition of This Week in Interview um, in commemoration of World Soil Day. Soil as in dirt, um, the, the, the substance on the earth that all life springs from. Yes, so it's on Sunday, the 5th of December is World Soils Day. And so on This Week in Interview, we are doing a special a program to commemorate that and to also help to bring you some um, sensitization and some additional information about the the state of the soil and and what we can do to to preserve and to and to help it along. So welcome uh, again uh, to you, my long-term listeners, my everyday listeners. I want to say thank you. I appreciate you making this weekend interview a part of your weekly schedule. And, and I always like to, every week, let you know that I appreciate that. If tonight is the first time that you're listening to This Week in Interview, I want to make you a long-time listener of This Week in Interview because my, my objective is to create a movement by providing you with information that, that can provoke you to think, and not just to think, but to take action. Uh, but we don't want to just take haphazard action. We want to make sure that our action is based on sound information and sound thought. And, and so it is said, a man is as he thinketh. So, so the information I try to bring to you is to stay, first of all, stimulate your thoughts. And once you get your thoughts going, hopefully you get spurred into motion. And the idea is that if enough of us are taking action on the correct information, we can convert this into, into a movement. So tonight, I'm not going to spend a lot of time because I have three guests with me, uh, Mr. Afferton Mate. Uh, he, he is here tonight as the president of the Geo Tourism Stewardship Council, but I know him as uh, a very passionate lover of the earth, a very passionate environmentalist. And those of you who are in Dominica know that about him. Whether you love it or you hate it about him, there's one thing that you cannot deny that he's a passionate environmentalist. And also, I have two um, great guests as well. Uh, Mr. Owen Larrock and um, and Miss Jessica Langford. Um, this, those, these folks are farmers, um, very close to the soil and producing food for our people. So I'm not even going to do the CARICOM anthem like I normally do. I'm going to go straight to my panel and because I know they have so much information to, to give to us. And um, because it is three of us gentlemen and one lady i'm going to 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 ask the lady to go first it's the ladies first and miss miss jessica langford i want to wish you a very warm and special welcome to this weekend interview it's really good to have you thank you very much yes introduce yourself yes yeah, I'm Jessica Langford. I've been farming for the past 40 plus years. That's what I did to raise my family and very successful at it. Awesome. So from, yeah, go from ahead. From farming, I went to poultry to, to be, do poultry and farming together so I could be more successful. So certainly. And tonight we're talking about um, the soil. And, and of course, we know that without soil, I know we have aquaponics, but, but that pales in contrast to the amount of food that is produced using the soil. And so it is so appropriate that we have a producer of food um, as guests. So I'm, I'm really happy to have you. I, look, I really look forward to our conversation. Also on the, on, on the panel tonight, the discussion tonight, 
I have Mr. Irwin Larock. I'm, I'm not seeing him, but I, I hope he didn't drop off. Um, but Mr. Larock, are you there? Welcome to this weekend interview. Uh, oh, he's there. Okay. Yes, Mr. Larock, welcome. Yeah, okay. I, I, I lost my signal for a moment there. But we have you back. Yeah, okay. So welcome. It's good to have you. I want you to say a few words of introduction to the audience. Well, you want me to introduce myself? My name is Ursula Larock, a farmer mm -hmm. for the last 40 odd years. I, I, from, I used to farm bananas, grapefruits, oranges, ground provisions, and I was also a poultry farmer. Okay. I, th I think the largest in the country. I used to farm about, about 5,000 layers producing eggs at the local market. That's it. Okay, so thank you for that. And of course, also on the panel tonight is Mr. Afferton Martin. And I'll, as, I ref as I told you in my introductory speech, um, I, I, I grew up in Castle. I didn't say that in the introductory speech, but I know Athi as a, a very passionate um, lover of the earth, of the environment. And um, he has he's one of the people, persons that I know who is continually putting his, himself at risk. Um, sometimes physically, but also in terms of his whole business and enterprise and his livelihood at risk to take a principal stand on things that are going on in with, with the environment. Um, I, I remember the stance that he took um, when the when the United Workers Party was were trying to bring PHP um, to explore um, copper mining um, in Dominica, and, and he knew what that was. And so he stood up very strongly against that. Um, I um, also know of, of a lot of other issues, and maybe we'll get a chance to talk about it because tonight is not really talking about his environmental work, although you cannot really divorce that from, from the discussion of soil. But um, Afi is here in his capacity as the president of the Geotourism Stewardship Council. So Afi, I, I want to give you a very warm welcome to this weekend interview. Thank you so much, um, Anthony. It's, it's, a, it's a pleasure. And, and for me, it's really an honor. Anytime I'm in the company of real farmers, I feel happy because I know that there's somebody out there producing the food that all of us need to eat in order to survive. Um, I, I was born in the heart of Roseau, so I, I really didn't have the joy or the pleasure of being raised on a farm. But I did have a father who was a, a frustrated farmer. He was a civil servant, but he wanted to be a farmer. And so he always grew things in pots all around the house, on the veranda, in the backyard. So he actually introduced all of us in the family to some kind of farming. It, later on, I, I discovered it was called containerized farming. And, um, and so from a very, very early age, I mean, I, I hadn't made my first communion yet when I was, I was actually watching my father you know, sow seeds, transplant them and cultivate them and talk about his plants to us and so on. So I feel that without a doubt that notwithstanding my urban origins, I was introduced to the soil in the pot by my father. And uh, later on, he actually ensured that myself and my other brothers actually, you know, some of three of us actually took up careers in the agricultural sector, one in forestry, one in plant pathology, and myself in soil science. So thanks to my father, really, we, we became connected to the stuff that Mr. Larock and, and Miss, Miss Lanford, you know, grew up working with and learning how to manage it well so that they could make a living for themselves while contributing to the rest of Dominica. So I'm honored to be here and I look forward to our conversation. Um, Mount Prosper is one of my favorite places. My <laughs> first time in Mount Prosper, I was nine years old and I was an acolyte with Father Francis, etc. So I know Mount Prosper very, very, very well. And I know Mr. Larock very, very well. I've been to his farm many times. And so oh. I feel that I'm in, in a family situation here. Thank you so much for inviting me. No, it's a real pleasure to have you. And, and when I mentioned to folks who my guests were going to be tonight on this weekend interview, um, 
almost every, everybody said, oh, I know Mr. Lara and I know Miss Langford. And then they say, I may have not met them personally, but I know of them as, as farmers. So, so your, your reputation precedes um, both of you. Uh, but, but the purpose of tonight's show is to, is to mark and to commemorate um, World Soil Day. And um, there's a website that, that you can go to uh, to get more information about it. World Soils Day is on December 5th. And so what I want to do is to go to uh, a quick uh, video from that website to set the stage for our discussion. So let's, just, let's watch a quick video from the um, World Soils Day website. And when we come back, uh, we're going to have a conversation with the farmers who are on the panel tonight. I keep, I keep losing that thing, man. How is that? That distant and small spot in the cosmos is the habitat of approximately more than two million species and the product of billions of years of evolution. Most of this biodiversity is in the soil beneath our feet, but only 1% of soil species have been identified so far. The soil biota constitutes the greatest concentration of biomas of any part of the planet and is composed of an immeasurable amount of mega, macro, meso, and microorganisms. Each of these wonderful creatures plays a key role in the food chain that maintains the fragile balance of life in natural and agroecosystems. If these complex interactions become interrupted, it can cause irreversible impacts for life on Earth, including humans. So, why do we need soil biodiversity? Soils hold many unexpected secrets and perform unseen functions. The discovery of antibiotics has had a major impact on increasing human life expectancy. Soils hold many other potential medicinal functions and possible cures. The natural association between plant roots and microscopic fungi promotes better plant nutrition and growth, tolerance to soil pathogens and adverse climatic conditions. Through their natural function and metabolism, soil microorganisms are capable of breaking down and denaturing certain toxic compounds and contaminants resulting from many human activities. Part of CO2 emissions into the atmosphere, derived from industry and agriculture, can be absorbed by plants and stored in soils thanks to microbial decomposition that may allow soil carbon retention for long periods of time. This invaluable service provided by soil organisms is key in climate change mitigation. On the other hand, deforestation, monocultures, and the overuse and misuse of agrochemical inputs degrade and reduce soil's health, diminish resistance to pests and pathogens, and cause biodiversity loss that jeopardize a delicate balance that took billions of years to evolve and specialize. We could not only lose a long natural history of speciation, specialization, evolution and adaptation, but also soil's capacity to perform essential ecosystem functions. How can we restore manage and conserve something that we do not see directly and of which we do not have full knowledge. It is our collective responsibility to raise awareness on the importance of soil biodiversity, promote technological innovation to preserve and enhance soil biodiversity, including ecosystem restoration. Recognize soil biodiversity as a key provider of ecosystem services 
and is one of the main nature-based solutions to face all the current global challenges. Invest in gathering better knowledge about the status of soil biodiversity and functions, including by region and land cover type. And develop policies based on scientific evidence to mainstream sustainable soil management and conservation of rich biodiversity soils across landscapes. Everything that we eat and drink passes through the soil biota over and over again. Therefore, we need healthy soils for healthy food, healthy environments, healthy people, and a healthy life. It starts with you. Give a voice to the sound of a living soil. Keep soil alive. Protect soil biodiversity. All right, welcome back. I hope you, you found that video informative because uh, as, you, as I'm sure you come away with is that um, the information in that video was just uh, the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, I get the impression that there is so much to soils that, that it would take each one of those topics that was mentioned in that video would, would take hours to discuss. In case you joined us late or you joined us early, because normally this week in interview um, is at eight. Uh, this is a special um, episode of this week in interview to co to commemorate to to of the observance of World Soils Day, which is on December the fifth, twenty twenty. So this is this this coming Sunday is World Soils Day, and um, we have some very experienced soils. How would they call it? Um, practitioners, if you can call it that, who have agreed to join us to help us to, to you know, information about soils and how we can think about the importance of soils and the importance of preserving soils. From from that video, it says we need healthy soils for healthy foods and for healthy environment. I think that in the crux um, summarizes what we saw. I want to jump to to Afi uh, because he. He has the what is it? His, his qualifications, he said, was was in soils. I don't remember the word that he used, but some kind of soil studies. So, Afi, I wanted to I wanted to start up the discussion to sort of set the stage for um, why it is important to learn about the soils and to and to really be deliberate about how we manage our soils. You know, Anthony, I like very much the, 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 the focus of the video because it's actually, as, as I thought about joining you tonight, um, the thing that kept coming to mind was, you know, how can we help people understand that soil is a living organism, that a soil is not dead, no soil is dead, that there are living organisms some you can see like earthworms and ariri and beetles and, 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 and lizards that actually work on top of the soil. But there are many, many other insects and animals, microbes. Erskine was a banana farmer, so he would know about banana nematodes, banana borers. These things spend a part of their life cycle in the soil. There are viruses and, and, and other things that impact and affect all plants. Some are beneficial, some are not. If you grow a legume plant like pigeon peas or lentils, these are legumes that have little, if you will, nodules on their roots. And these nodules are able to take up, you know, nutrients from the soil and convert it into nitrates so that, that, that you can later on benefit from if you eat the plant, which is why people tell you, eat your beans, eat It didn't get it from the soil. The one message I, I think I would like to leave with people on, on um, the World Soils Day, commemoration of that day, is that we have to start treating soil like it's a living organism because it is a living organism. The same way you can drown 
in war. If you are a farmer, and both us as Langford would know, you cannot allow your soil to be, you know, water to be just sitting on your soil. I think we're having um, internet issues uh, with Afi. He's, he's buffering a little bit. So, Afi, I'm not sure if you can hear me, but I'm going to I'm going to take it up a little bit and, and go to one of the other guests on, on why their internet is um, being stabilized. Um, Mr. Larrock, you can hear me okay, right? Okay. So so what what I would like you to talk about is in your years of experience of farming, um, how did you come to understand the relationship between the farmer and the soil? Yeah, well, the soil is what gives the farmer his livelihood. Mm -hmm. And it has to be respected. The soil needs proper care, it needs proper drainage, it needs proper water. And it's, the soil is a, it's, it's a very complex organism. Mm -hmm. There are microbes in there, there's chemicals, there's um, air. In order to be a, a successful farmer, you have to have a soil that is very nutritious. You right. have to feed the plant properly. And in order to do that, you've got to give it the right amount of moisture. You've got to give it enough time to build up after you have used it in the, on one crop too often. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the soil is... Um, <clears throat> so, so Mr. Mr. Larrick, um, I I know when I when I was growing up, uh, I grew up in Castle Bruce. There were a lot of um, soil management practices that that used to take place. Uh, we mostly used to see chemicals and fertilizers being used with bananas, but with the other crops, people used to practice less of those chemical um, sort of stuff. Can you, can you talk a little bit about um, how you used to manage your soil to make sure that we didn't get too much depletion of the capacity of the soil to help you with your production? Well, I, I, I largely was a banana farmer. Mm -hmm. And my, my soil in the area I was, I didn't really need irrigation. Mm -hmm. But uh, because the, the rainfall was, was, was very adequate. Mm -hmm. But to, to manage to, to get a good crop from the soil, you've got to have the right nutrients. And in my days, we used to use the NPK fertilizer. That's what we had, the NPK fertilizer. I used to mm -hmm. use a, a nitrate-based fertilizer for my young plants. And a phosphate base for the for the growing plant for the, for the bearing shoots. And the, the, the soil have to be kept clean from from weeds because the weeds what weeds do they compete with the plant for, for moisture. Mm -hmm. so you have to keep your soil clean. And sometimes in the, the soil is irrigating, and sometimes in weeds over because the top soil is where you have all the, all the major nutrients. The, the top value, the value of the, of the plant is from the top soil. From the top soil, right? So you have to, yeah. So you have to keep that in good condition. I usually turn if I am planting vegetables, for instance. I usually turn my soil over every now and then, so I get a good mix of the top soil. Right, so it's, it's as Afi said, you have to do that because it's, it, 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 the soil is living. Uh, let me let me let me jump to Miss Langford, Miss Jessica Langford. Um, you you are still an active farmer. Yeah. So so I, I want to I want you to to talk to the young farmers um, who might be listening 
Um, they're just starting. They may not have the full experience that you have. Uh, what are some of the practices that you do? And in that, you can also talk about some of the challenges that you face in terms of the continued fertility of your soil. First of all, being a farmer, you must be observant. Take note of how, what area you could plant certain crops. And I do mostly um, vegetables. Okay. So I use a lot, I do beds for the vegetables. So you usually do your beds across the across the land, not lengthways, so that your soil will stay and not wash down. Okay. And uh, you rotate your 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 crops, mm -hmm. your plants. So if you if you have carrots in an area, after the carrot is harvested, you put something else. So you keep on. But the most important thing you you must be observant. If you have a crop like you have a tomato field, it might be coming down with a bacteria or mite. You must be observant to see, otherwise you just lose the whole crop. So as you go along, you learn, you observe, mm -hmm. and you try to use the best practice practices so you can be successful in your farming. How, how much fertilization do you do? Um, and how do you go about choosing your fertilizer for your different crops? Well, well, for for with vegetables, I use more chicken manure. When I prepare the beds, I put the chicken manure and mix it with the soil and then plant. The tomatoes, I use the same thing, the chicken manure. Tomato, cabbage, the chicken manure. But okay. if I plant root crop like dashing and yams, then I use fertilizer. Right. So as much as possible, you try to you try to keep your your treatment of your soil on the natural side. Afi, yeah. how important is that, Afi, for a farmer to understand? Because you you said that you want farmers, you want the audience to come away from this conversation understanding that the soil is a living organism, and so um, it's easy if you have weeds to just spread some weedy side. Um, it's less labor intensive. Spread some weedy side and get rid of the weeds. So how much consideration does a farmer have to give to, let's say, if you think of weedy side as a poison, depending on the type of weedy side that you use, um, that impact is going to have on your soil, which is now you understand to be a living organism versus um, trying to get rid of the weeds or to get a, a, a better yield on your crop. Let's talk about that kind of dynamic somewhat. It's interesting because weedy sides only get rid of weeds temporarily. Mm -hmm for a while and you have to come back and spray again maybe a few months later or a few weeks later depending on how much rain has fallen and how fast the grass is regrowing but the weedy sides as a toxin as a toxic chemical kill a lot of the organisms in the soil it they will kill earthworms the weedy sides will kill um, beetles will kill some of the microorganisms that actually would help continue to deteriorate the pen manure, the chicken manure that Mrs. Langford is putting into her, into her, her vegetable um, bed and, 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 and deteriorating it into a form where it goes more into solution in the moisture that is in the soil so that the plants can get access to it. Because plants can only use nutrients if there's moisture in the soil. What the herbicides often do is, is yes, they will kill the weeds and the weeds are in competition, if you will, with the crop. If the crop is, is, is requiring nutrients or requiring moisture, the weeds are also requiring nutrients and moisture. But it's interesting. It's, it's about observing the balance that you can strike. What level of weed growth can your tomato crop endure at a certain stage? At the early seedling stage, crops tend to be very weak, very vulnerable. They can be overcome quickly by weeds. But how about after the, the, the crop grows up and gets beyond the, the height of the weeds? Do you still need to spray? Do you still need to weed? And if you're weeding, uh, are you actually reducing the fertility, the natural fertility of your soil, which is its ability to take nutrients, put it into a solution so that the plants, the, your crop can get it? And that is part of the, the, the element of using chemicals that is not spoken about a lot with two farmers. Because the soil, over constant use of chemicals on a soil, 
will, could actually kill the soil, kill the topsoil. Right. And after a while, when you know you, you know your soil is dead, when you have a few days of sun and the soil begins to get very hard, uh -huh. it means that there's no moisture, there's no organic matter, and there's obviously no no insects in the soil that are that will break down the organic matter and keep your soil structure, you know, the way the plants like it. So there's there's a downside to the chemicals. And if we're serious about it, we'll also realize there's a downside to the farmer, him or herself. The runoff of chemicals from one part of your farm in the water to another part of your farm, you, it, could, it could be in, to, a, to an area where you're planting something that's much more sensitive to herbicides and, and frankly, can compete much better with the weeds, so you don't need to kill the weeds over there. So it's about knowing your farm, paying a lot of attention to how plants are doing in one part as opposed to another part, how plants are responding to your management system. Talk about the structure of the soil. Um, Mr. Mr. Lara spoke about topsoil, which is where, I guess, most of the nutrients reside. And of course, we know there are layers going down. Um, so can you give a, a quick synopsis to, to folks about the structure of the soil? The topsoil is, is, is what is called, considered the growing area of your soil. You know, it can, be, it can be a few inches, it can be a few feet. Where, where I am now, I have topsoil that goes down to 25 feet wow. before you get to subsoil. It's, just, it, it's, it's a result of the way in which the soils in the area were formed. If it's a volcanic um, eruption, which is, you know, as, as happened many, many years ago, you'd have a lot of, you'd have deeper and deeper soils in the older part of the island. If, um, if the soil structure is 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 what you call friable, means you can put your hand in the soil. If you can stick your hand in a soil down to about four or five inches, you have a really well-drained soil. That means the moisture level is fine, the insect and microbe level is fine, and probably the nutrients level, nutrient level is fine. But there's another aspect to soil and soil structure and soil suitability that 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 is not that we need to, uh, to, 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 to make a note of, which is the soil can be acid and the soil can be alkaline. Just like you as a human person, as an, uh, a human being, sometimes you hear people talking about your, your acid level is high or your alkaline level is high. Acid level means that when a soil is very acid, and the, the term that the scientists used to refer to it is the pH of the soil, meaning if it's five or below. If that soil is very acid, what it means is that even if you have a good structure to the soil, it means that there are certain nutrients. You heard Mr. Larock spoke about nitrates and phosphates and so forth. You'd have a situation where at a, at a high acid level, at a very acid soil, these nutrients, even if they are in the soil physically, will not, go, will not go into solution. You understand? So, so, right. so, an acid soil, which is what most of Dominican soils are, are highly acidic. And so, the question is, when we have applied fertilizer, chemical fertilizer to the soil, we we have made them even more acidic. And uh, they are most of our soils could actually do with a holiday from chemical fertilizers and maybe the use of, of, of um, lime. You know, remember we used to use lime and the reason you would use lime is to bring the pH up, which is to make the soil less acid. And as you do that, the nutrients that are naturally in the soil, like from the pen manure and so on, would go into solution and your plants will get a boost of fertility. So the structure is important to allow the, the nutrients to go into solution so the plants can get it. If, if the structure is bad, if the structure is, is a heavy clay soil, like in the north of the island, for example, high heavy clays, you, you will not, that means you have a poor structure if your organic matter is low, if you don't have leaves, you know, Mr. Larrock again talking about um, um, keeping the place clean, you have to keep it clean, but you must also ensure that there's some vegetation that can be broken down by the, the, the animals and insects in the soil so that the structure of the soil can be maintained for drainage and for nutrient availability. So that's 
That's a very important question you ask about soil structure. Before I, before I jump back to Mr. Lara, something I wanted to mention, like as, as you spoke about having the vegetable material on the soil or in the soil, like can mix back into the soil. If that, if that vegetable matter comes from weeds or also that were treated with pesticides, so it's conceivable that that vegetable matter now can be actually harmful to the organisms that are going to consume them, right? Residue, a residue of the of the chemical would be in the plant, and yes, some of that would actually go into solution in the soil. Yeah, yeah. So that's something that I have to take into consideration, Mr. Mm -hmm. Lark. Uh, I'm going to come back to you now um, because we are talking about soil and and the importance of soil um, to to our human life and our way of life. And um, you were a farmer, a successful farmer able to to feed yourself and your family from farming that is a less popular now uh, i think young people are probably finding it a challenge to be able to, choose, to do agriculture as a as, as a full time so um i'm not sure if you lost mr larrick mr larrick are you there well it's a question that miss langford can take as well um how how did you decide that farming is what you're going to do? And, and I want you to talk to the, the young person that's listening right now um, to tell them how proud you are to be able to not only supply your own food, but to feed others and to make a, a decent living from, from the soil, so to speak. This Langford. Ms. Langford, can you hear me? Are you hearing me? I, uh, maybe she's not. Oh, just one watch that for me now. Maybe she's not hearing me. Um, but 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 Afi, you've been agriculture all along. I'm pretty sure you can understand. You can you can probably if if they have a, if before we go back to them though, when you, I can ask them the question of something that we have to talk about when we talk about soil is soil erosion. Uh, I don't know if Sam has a video. Um, I want him to run a video of when we have rain um, and the amount of, of soil that we see running through our rivers. Sam, if you have that video, can you run it? Please? Okay, so he says it's not available. But we all see. I wanted to respond to the question you were asking of both, uh, both farmers on the program. Okay, so which go, is ahead, how, go ahead. How could you... you what when can be done to get young people into into farming? I yeah, think that's correct. a crucial question. Mm -hmm. Yes. And for example, there's a, there's the notion that farming is a low technology business, and there's the idea that young people are very into digi and digital and 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 computers and smartphones and iPads and so on. And and if they, if if farming cannot allow them to make use of that level of technology, they're not interested. But guess what? That level of technology is, is, is exactly needed in agriculture now. Remember, Ms. Langford is talking about observation, paying close attention to what's going on in your farm. You can use your smartphone and take a picture and send it to an entomologist or, or, or scientist somewhere and say, that, is a, that seems to be what is on my plant. The person doesn't have to be on your farm. So you can actually technologically communicate a problem on a farm in Mount Prosper to somebody in Trinidad and they can diagnose it. It's like telemedicine using high-tech technology to actually bring the expertise that is needed right to the farm. So she with her smartphone can actually walk around her farm and say, look at the insect I'm talking about. Look at the deterioration of my leaves. Look at the, the, the condition of my soil, etc. And, and, and have people in Roseau, people in wherever, you know, diagnose with her a problem that she's having. So there's need for people who can manage the digital technology to make our agriculture more competitive and, and to modernize our agriculture. That's just one example. So, so what you're saying is that the, the solution to getting young people interested is actually what is needed 
in a modern agricultural sector, modern agricultural. It, 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 so if Dominica can introduce more technology into their farming practices, that would make it more attractive to young people. And so you would, you would be giving, you'd be addressing both, both problems. Miss Lara, welcome back. I, I, I know we have challenges because um, you know we, you're in Dominica, and we, our telecommunication has not fully recovered from from Maria's yet. So our audience understand that. But I, I wanted you to talk about your your life as a farmer, and how and how you identify yourself as a farmer, and proud, proudly so because you've been able to to have a pretty decent livelihood from from your relationship with the soil. Uh, and so I, I wanted to to talk about that part of your identity as as a farmer and talk directly to a young person trying to say to encourage them to follow in your footsteps and become a producer of food. Yeah. Well, for the last what last thirty or so years, I've been a poultry farmer, mm -hmm. and I I majored in poultry. I used to have about five thousand birds. Right. But I, I still did a bit of farming. Uh, um, bananas when, uh, when it was there. Not much bananas anymore. But I had long provisions, things like tanya, yams, that sort of thing. Right. But I, I, really, I really was a poultry farmer for the last, what, 30, 40 years. And you were able, you were able to, to, to get a decent living from your, from your agricultural activities? Oh, well, I, I, I think I did very well in poultry. I saw mm -hmm. about 5,000 main hands, and there was a market, market local market for it, so uh, you know, right? And, and, and also, but, very, that gave you some independence as well, being able to, 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 to farm, your, farm your land and grow your birds yourself. Yeah, yeah certainly. But at the far, I used to employ people to the most of the farm, the farm labor. Mm -hmm. But um, I did my poultry farming myself. And when bananas, when bananas went, at one time was not very viable. So we had to diversify. So I went into poultry. Right. Right. Miss Langford, can you hear me now? Uh, I, I, I don't hear you. Afi, can you hear her? I'm not no, hearing I don't, you. I, I don't know. I think her, her, her microphone or something. She's talking, but we're not hearing. Yeah, her. if you're hearing me, I'm not hearing you. I don't know if you have somebody who could adjust. If you could adjust your mic. Um, okay, so after, could you, yeah, can you hear? Are you, are you there, Miss Langford? Say something. I think I'm hearing somebody in your background. So say something. Yeah. She can. She can hear. Okay, so she's not hearing us. So Afi. I really, you, had, you had asked, you had made, raised another erosion. point about soil, soil erosion. erosion. I really want to talk about that. And I, I really want to talk about that too, because that is a matter of grave concern to me. Um, um, Dominica, you know, back, way back in the 60s, we used to monitor soil erosion loss, soil loss. I, when I worked with the Windward Islands Banana um, Research Program, we'd, we had experiments all over the island monitoring soil loss and, 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 and recording it and documenting it and calculating what, what the overall loss was. When, you, when people see our rivers brown, that is soil. That is soil that is, that, that is leaving the land and going into the rivers and then into the oceans. And without that soil, they, it will, it, you'll get to the point where you will not be able to farm go to certain parts of Haiti. They used to have soil just like us in Dominica, but they lost their soil. And the reason they lost their soil wasn't just because of rainfall, was because we mismanaged the soil cover. We, in other words, we mismanaged the vegetation on the soil that protected the soil from the impact of rainfall, but also the roots of plants protect the soil by holding the soil in place. That's why people used to plant, the, or the, the older farmers used to plant windbreaks or barriers of trees in order to hold their soil. Right. What has happened, um, Anthony, is that we have, we have not paid attention. In fact, 
we have devalued the importance of forest cover, for example. So after Maria, when we lost a major portion of forest cover, do you realize we have not put in place, over, close to three years later, we have not launched a reforestation program in Dominica? And the, 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 the land is very steep. The rainfall, you know, you know, the rainfall is intense and, 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 and constant. And so we're losing soil. The importance of that to us is that without topsoil, our, the productivity of our land for everything, vegetables, root crops, tree crops, declines. So our yields will decline. No matter what fertilizer you put on a subsoil without topsoil, you will not get a response. But there are other problems it gives us. It means that, um, you know, people have, some people have lost their roads to their farms. Some people have lost their homes on their farms because of the land subsiding and moving as a result of a lack of coverage. All of that is the, cum the accumulated damage from soil erosion. We need to stop that. We can stop it. The use of tree crops, the use of fast-growing low-lying crops like vetiver and so forth, the use of, of, of barriers you know, on, on our lands, on a small farm. You can get some old used tires and use them as a physical barrier to your soil moving away from your farm. You know, so I, I, I am concerned about it because it takes nature 100 years of weathering to create one inch of topsoil. So when you lose two inches of, so of topsoil from your farm, you've lost 200 years of the natural process of nature of giving you a soil. You'll never get it back in your lifetime or your children's lifetime. So we've got to be more observant, going back mm -hmm. to Ms. Langford's point, but more, more proactive. Correct. We need... We need plants. We need to plant cover on our land. We need to do contour drains, you know, et cetera, et cetera. The things that we know what to do, but we're not doing them anymore. So, uh, Mr. Larrack, you, you farm in the syndicate area. And the syndicate area is a very high rainfall area. Talk about some of the practices that you used to do as a farmer to help um, to address some of the concerns that Afi just raised. Yeah, well, we, Dominica is very heavy, mm -hmm. and we, and most of us plant, we have to plant on slopes sometimes. And that is where you lose your soil. So it is good to have some trees planted at distances on, on your slopey land, so you can retain your soil. Because as, as we are in a high rainfall area, it is very easy to get Soil being washed away. But where I farm is not all that hilly. You have slopes, you have, you have hills. But when you, when you do use your, the, the hilly areas, which my, my farmers, my workers like to use the hilly areas, but they're easier to work. Easier to keep it clean. Mm -hmm. when, when you use that, that slopey area, you're going to be in trouble with losing soil when the heavy rains come. So you have to keep one or two trees in the area. That's what I used to do. If I am planting, for instance, 10 years on a slope, where you are, I dig the soil to make mounds, that can be easily washed away. Right. So I, leave a few, I leave a few trees at distances mm -hmm. to, to, keep, to keep the soil. And just so slow, slowly soil. flow of water. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's quite right. We lose a lot of soil through um, run, running water, runaway water in the, in the wet, wet areas. Right. Yeah. Okay. Miss, I, I want to try to see if I get Miss, Miss Langford again. Miss Langford, say something. Let me hear if we can hear you. I am here. Okay, okay. you're here. Good, also. Good. I, we were not I, hearing I, you I, before. I am really <laughs> happy to have, you, to have you back for sure. So just talk to us about what it means to you to be a farmer. Somebody who can produce their own food, somebody who can produce food to feed other people, someone who can make a living using your your land and um, and and your brain, because because farmers have to be thinking all the time. So I I, I want you to just talk about what it means to be uh, a farmer. Well, 
Yeah. Most important thing, what it means to be a farmer is your independence. Mm. You work with a plan and you are always independent. You have food and you grow. When you plant what you when you plant, you really eat what you grow. You mm. can eat a variety of vegetables, food, whatever. And I'm conscious of what I eat because I eat a lot of vegetables. So it really pushes me to plant more vegetables, a variety, what maybe even trying different crops so I could eat better. And so uh, how do you then relate that to the importance of taking care of your soil? Because this, from the this, this soil, you're, you're so close to understanding that this, this soil is the direct source of, of your livelihood and your and your food for your family. So what, what is your relationship to your soil then? Yeah, well, with vegetables, all you do your, is hand weeding. Mm -hmm. Everything you plant is hand weeding. You only have your tomatoes, you hand weed when it's small, and then when it's when it um birds start boarding and we and, and there's grass, we brush cut. So this grass will stay between the furrows and it will keep, even though you have heavy rainfalls, the soil will not wash away. Right. So, so you're saying that it's very important, especially in Dominica, where it's almost impossible to avoid hills and slopes. It's very important to pay attention to, to saving your topsoil. Yes. But where I, where I farm is a very flat area. We have, mm -hmm. I have no slopes around. You're lucky enough to farm in a, in yeah. a flat area. All, all I do, I plant rain bricks right across. Mm -hmm. So if we have heavy wind and rain, I don't get too, many, too much soil to wash away. All right. Do you do any composting? Not really. Okay. The, the, when I, if I have to root it, my plants, when I weed one area, I would just spread the grass on the other side for the time. So if I, if I, when I reorganize the place, I have another topsoil on that area. Right. So you put the vegetation some, or why do you have that, why do you have that, that, so that, that's, that's, that's an important practice. Afi, yeah. Afi, I want to come back to you um, because I want to, we want to talk about farming practices. Um, you alluded to some of them. We, in Dominica, we, we sort of have uh, a farming practice where we like to see our farm clean, very little weeds, and just looking really nice and well organized. Um, is that is that something that we have to change if we have to understand um, the relationship that we have to have with the preservation of our soils? I think so, and I think the knowledge for of, for managing a farm with with low inputs or, or low technical um, chemical inputs that knowledge already exists in Dominica. I know many 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 farmers who like Miss Langford don't use really don't don't really use chemicals on their farm. They recycle. They they they, they do some on on site composting. They don't reuse compost heaps. All the vegetation they pull up as weeds. They actually recycle that as organic matter into the soil, which actually because it is free from toxic chemicals, actually is a positive because it helps keep the soil structure friable and it drains pretty well, so that her beds won't get waterlogged and so her vegetables won't won't rot that kind of stuff, mildew and, and bacteria and fungi that need moist conditions for them to thrive wouldn't find it because her, the water is moving quickly through through her, her beds and, and her farm. Erskine made another point about, you know, the use of tree crops on slopes. Mm -hmm. That is how it used to be. So I know farmers who used to do that. I know a bunch of farmers in Upper Penville, for example, who, are some of, who were some of the most efficient producers of yams on a slope, slopes of 45 degrees or more, but they didn't lose soil because they kept all their vegetation matter as soil cover. It's like, you know, see how people use plastic in between their pineapples? Mm -hmm. Well, they were using the leaves, the dry leaves. They, they would bring leaves and put on the soil. And they had tree crops planted in rows at distances of maybe 25 or 30 feet apart. So they had the area in between the rows that they were farming, but anything that left 
their mounds and was going down, they had tree crops. And it wasn't avocados and mangoes all the time or big trees, you know. Things like pigeon peas, for example. Mm -hmm. They would plant a row of pigeon peas. So understand that there is local technology, local knowledge. Farmers like Erskine, farmers like, like Ms. Langford, farmers like, you know, who have long gone, some of them, Alvin Armand Trade in Clem Ferrara, you know, Delez Warrington, Odile Valmo. There are farmers all over Dominica who have knowledge about how to farm well, how to farm clean, and how to farm successfully. There is an issue here, and the, the, and the issue is when the time comes to develop a program for agriculture, like the World Bank has its program on farming and agriculture, how many farmers were asked to make an input into the shaping of that program to say, well, if you're going to do a program, remember the Mont Prosper area has different kind of soil types, different terrain, a different culture to its agriculture. So we must push this kind of farming there. If you go to Tisavan, it's a different kind of culture. It's bay leaf. And so you have to push a different kind of agriculture in between the bay. If you go up to where Erskine is and so on, or, you know, up in the north. So, but farmers who, who made their living from farming in those areas are the best keepers of the knowledge of how to do it well. And, and, and we, we make the mistake as a country if we've designed programs for farmers without involving the farmers in designing the program themselves. And that's why the programs don't last and that's why they don't work. That's why they don't work. Right. So, so there's that problem as well. There's that disconnect. So we're approaching the, the end of our time together, unfortunately, time flew by. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to, to Ms. Langford so, so she can give us some closing remarks and, and talk about the importance of the soil to, uh, to us, and then I'll go to Mr. Lara. Ms. Langford, your closing remarks. Yes. Um, agriculture is a serious, it's a serious business. If you want to be successful, you, are you have to be serious in agriculture. You have to be a be observant and take care of your soil. You try your best to use less chemicals and less fertilizers so you can eat you can eat healthy and feed right. the nation healthy. Certainly, certainly. Are any of your are any of your children following your footsteps into, into yes, farming? very much so. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So you, they, they're learning from you. So so at least yeah. they, we have some we have some upcoming farmers or, or existing yeah. farmers who would know how to do it right. Okay. Yes. So thank you, yeah. Mister Mister Larak. As we is is he did he drop off? Yeah. Um. Excuse me, Mister Larak. Are you there? Okay. So he's not there. But Afi, so we can use the time. We have maybe about um five minutes left. I I wanted you to. I want to give you a chance to talk about the Geotourism Stewardship Council, of which you are here tonight as uh, as a president. Uh, tell us about the organization and what some of the objectives are. Well, this is an organization formed about 10 years ago. Um, it, it came around about um, as a result of a, another program that sought to organize farmers who lived in villages around the Montrapito National Park. As you will recall, in 1998, that park was named by UNESCO a World Heritage Site. So it's a special, globally important area for, of Dominica. And um, the, the idea came up that if we worked with those 15 or so communities that lived on, on, on the borders of the park, we could organize to sort of look after the park, to steward the park. In other words, we would be the eyes, ears, and nose of the, really like the forest guards of old you know, make sure that if, if, an, if there was an issue about to unfold, like a, a mountain going to fall or river going to flood or trees being cut improperly. And so we would be able to steward. That's where the term comes from. Steward the park. Look, at, look after it. Bring it to the attention of authorities. Bring it to the attention of the communities around the park. And also encourage the youth and the women in the areas to sort of see the park as being the source of your livelihood 
So we did education programs. We, we, we worked with initially three major communities, Girodel, Eglistan, Bagatelle, and Grand Bay, and, 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 and helped people there in a small way to understand that the water you take for granted comes from that park. The, the, the trees that you, that you use and that you harvest from time to time, either as bay or as mangoes or for timber, comes from a park. So this, the soil that clogs up your, your rivers and drives away the fish in your coastal areas when it floods comes from the park. So in a real way, in the same way that Ms. Langford keeps reminding us, Take care of your soil, take care of your land, because that is the basis of your farming livelihood. We sought to and still seek to get people who live around the park, around the World Heritage Site, to see it as a resource that is crucial to their livelihood to tour in tourism. A lot of people are tour guides to take people to, into the park, to the boiling lake, freshwater lake, whatever, and so on. So that, that is the idea behind the geo tourism. The, the word geo means geography, place. Mm -hmm. Tourism, of course, is self-explanatory now. And stewardship, I've just kind of given you an idea as to what it means. So geo tourism, the place which gives rise to tourism, to agriculture, to water, to health and everything is the park. And we need to take care of it more deliberately. Otherwise, like if we don't take care of our soils, we will lose our soils. If we don't take care of the park, we will lose our rivers, etc. So that's what we do. And the whole idea is to create another generation of Dominicans, of young Dominicans, who will grow up with love and caring and respect for. And the technology and the career, career opportunities that would allow them to take care of special areas in Dominica, like the World Heritage Site. And, and, and to really make people understand the importance of preserving those parks, those national parks that we have, they're not just for boasting rights. They, they actually serve a purpose in Dominica. And we see, so we, we have to have stewards who can push back when we start going down that slippery slope of, ex, of extracting resources and, and cutting up some of those parks for, for immediate needs. Uh, I, I want to, we have a few more minutes, so I want you to reiterate something that you started with. So in, in, the observ in observation of World Soils Day on Sunday, to remind folks that the same way that we need oxygen to breathe, and if we continue polluting the air, we are going to not have oxygen to breathe. Um, we want to tell them that the soil also, all our food pretty much comes from the soil. And therefore, it's just as important to, to be good stewards of the soil. Absolutely. And, and that is why, I mean, the most obvious way in which we can, you know, care for our soil is to protect it. Because Dominica has, there's parts of Dominica that have lost over 50% of their topsoil over the last 20, 30 years. Wow. There are other parts that have lost less, but that means we have much drier areas of Dominica now than we used to have 40 years ago when Miss Langford was a young girl starting her farming career. So, so we need to be very, very careful and very diligent. You know, remember there was a time when we were losing the parrots and a, and a program was organized to save the Cicero, to save the parrots and so forth. And, and it was official, it was done. And, you know, people were, were told that they couldn't hunt the parrots, they couldn't eat the parrots and so forth. It worked. There are times when we had mosquitoes, Aedes aegypti mosquitoes, we launched a campaign to deal with that in typhoid and all them kind of things. But my goodness, we need, we, we need to sustain and expand the campaigns to, to, to protect the one thing without which we really couldn't live. We, I say, and I say that thing is land because land is, 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 is really the thing that filters the water that we think of the thing as necessary for life. So land, water, trees, those kinds of things, we need the next two generations of Dominicans have to be focused on that. Otherwise, we could lose Dominica. Climate nice. change we, and, 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 and inappropriate activities. I'm watching people mining in our rivers, Anthony, building asphalt plants on the banks of rivers in Dominica. Mm -hmm. And we, 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 we're boasting we are the nature island. Oh. 
but we are destroying the very core, the heart of Dominica's nature by not protecting and taking care of our lands, our soils, which will give us the ravines and the rivers, etc., that we can enjoy. So we, right. need to, we need to wake up. Thank you so much for that, Afi. Uh, and uh, Ms. Langford and um, Mr. LaRocque, I, I want to extend an open invitation for you to come back. And not just an invitation, I'm actually going to invite you for all of you back. Because this is a conversation that obviously has just started and, and needs to continue. So, so thank you for that. I, I will look out to see. Afi, is there any special programming on Sunday for World Soils Day? Not that I'm aware of at this moment, although I think something is being planned, and Margot and the others should should have information to you shortly, I imagine. Okay. So, and also, I want to tell Mr. Larrack that a few of his um, relatives were saying hi to him on the chat, um, and very happy to see to see him, um, his sister, and um, and his cousin. Two of them um, text me. Uh, one of them was even trying to call him, but I I couldn't take calls. But so they were very happy to see him. Ms. Langford, I wish you continued success and good health and um, good speed to your God speaks to your daughters as they as they pursue the agricultural career. So so thank, thank you. you so much. Thank uh, you. I really appreciate this. Thank you. All right. Okay, I feel good night. Yeah, you good need night. to come back. We have a lot to talk about. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Thank you. So listeners, there you had it. Uh, very special, very timely. Um episode of this week in interview tonight we were talking about soils and, and the conservation of soils in observation of sunday december 5th as world um, soils day world soil day um the food and agriculture association united nations and and, and so on um are putting together to observe that and dominica it's uh, it, it's a topic that should be very close to us because every time it rains and we see that brown water running down on our rivers. That is our livelihood, literally. That's our livelihood because Dominica is so dependent on agriculture. So I want to say thank you to my special guests and my producer, Sam. Thank you for Eloise for putting um, this program together, Eloise from the nonprofit Echo 78. So um, those of you who are listening, we are going to have another episode of this wicked interview starting in the next few minutes with my guest Marcella. Uh, so Marcella is um, has a nonprofit, and so we'll come right back. We take a quick break, and we're going to come right back with the second half of of this wicked interview. So, Marcella, Andre. You can remember, Mister. I can.